Hello, my friends. Today is a fun show. It's the best of the new Rebels. You know, we've got about four or five new talent here. Each is a little bit different in their own way. I think they all like to fight for freedom. That's the commonality. So we'll go through the best of the Rebels. I wish you had the video version of this, though, because so much of it is visual on location or just interesting things. Um, you can get the video version of this podcast by becoming what we call a premium subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's basically the video version of the podcast, plus access to Sheila Gunn Reed's show and David Menzies' show. You can get all that at rebelnews.com for just eight bucks a month. That's less than Netflix, and it really helps us pay our bills here. We, we, we rely on that, I gotta tell you. So if you can help us, go to rebelnews.com and, and chip in. If you buy a whole year's worth of subscription in advance, you actually get a discount, a whole year for 80 bucks instead of the 96 bucks it would normally be. Okay, here's today's show. Tonight, Rebel News is growing. Let me show you some of the best of our new talent. It's August 14, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Ezra. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish is because it's my bloody right to do so. Well, I tell you, it's fun being a rebel. And I, I don't just mean being rebel in your heart. It means, I mean, working here at Rebel News. Uh, almost every week we have someone who says they want to join the team. Alas, we don't have CBC-sized budgets. And just because someone wants to work here, well, are they truly rebellious? I take it uh, as a negative sign if someone has gone to an official journalism school. That tells me that although they're interested in the craft, they probably have some bad things they learned they have to unlearn. If I'm not mistaken, the only person in our whole team with a journalism degree is our friend David Menzies, and he got that way back in the day before the whole woke culture became the norm in journalism schools. I like to find our journalists in the wild, natural fighters, trying to stop the tides of political correctness. That's how we found Sheila Gunn-Reed tweeting up a storm in Alberta. Now she's our chief reporter and one of the best. In recent months, I'm delighted that our team of rebels has actually grown a little bit. Not recklessly, but steadily, as there's so much news to cover and there's only so many stories any of us can do in a given day. Kean Bexty joined our team about a year and a half ago and he's become a top investigator. But since that time, in fact, in recent months, Drea Humphrey has joined our team in Vancouver. She's doing a great job. Tamara Ugolini, we found her as a client of our Fight the Fines campaign. And even within the company, here at the office, Andrew Chapatos and Mocha Bezirgan have started to spread their wings and fly on TV. Today, I'll show you the best of our new rebel talent. I'm so hopeful for these people. And who knows, in the weeks and months ahead, maybe we'll grow even more. Today, the best of the new rebels. I'm 
Andrea Humphrey with Rebel News. And just like with most things, there are two sides of the story in regards to the camp that goes by the name of Camp KT. K standing for Kennedy and T for Trudeau. Since the encampment first formed in Strathcona Park around June 15th, the size has been growing at a rapid pace. What used to be just a few dozen tents is now easily pushing 300. The city has provided porta potties and a misting station, despite the fact that many of the tax paying residents want to see the tent city gone, removed. Now, in this tweet, a man who recently moved to the area describes the park as having gone from stunning to a disaster and says that he counted at least 100 needles around the area in just a short 10 minute walk. Needles are not the only safety concern. Some worry about increased crime in the area. CBC reported that city councillor Pete Fry was walking his dog and ended up intervening between a man who was being hostile to a local resident named Kimberly Allen. The man didn't like that Allen had asked him to leave while he was allegedly preparing to use drugs on her neighbor's steps. The man then threatened to stab city councillor Fry and it was all caught on video. Get out of here. Look at this. Now some Camp KT residents and even surrounding neighbors report a completely different atmosphere than what I just mentioned. One that more closely resembles a peaceful group of people simply down and out on their luck, deserving of aid from the government for simple necessities like housing and food. On June 27th, an all-day Camp KT block party was thrown according to CAP Project Facebook page. Camp residents and the surrounding neighbors were invited, including children, to all celebrate and partake in family-friendly activities. Now, as you saw in my last video, homelessness in Vancouver has been on the rise. Global News reported that the number of people experiencing homelessness in the area has hit its highest level in nearly two decades. And that was pre-pandemic. So what is the city doing to help the people in this tent city to find more permanent source of food and shelter and to give the neighbors around the area a sigh of relief? Well, it appears not that much. A new bylaw was put into place by vote that would allow the campers to set up every night around dusk and then pack their stuff up and leave by 7 a.m. Now I'm gonna take you with me around 7.30 a.m. And you can see for yourself if the bylaw is being enforced and if anything's being enforced, who's it being enforced by? The lack of response from local government has caused some of the homeowning Strathcona residents to take matters into their own hands by organizing a tax revolt. They are planning to refrain from paying their property taxes until the city addresses the demands of the camp and finds a resolution. Social justice lawyer and Strathcona resident Jamie McLaren is helping to organize the tax revolt. McLaren told me that he is currently working on the community declaration of intent to withhold the taxes, which should be up sometime this week. A previous list of Camp KT demands circulating online suggests that returning the land to Indigenous people and providing 600 square feet units with kitchens and no guest restrictions for camp residents to live in may be part of the revolt conditions. 
So now that you've got some background info, I'm gonna take you with me to the camp so you can see what it was like to report there and what it's currently like to live there. So this looks like the entryway here. We've got some guidelines up here for safe play. I don't know if there's a lot of kids playing in the area. Let's have a look. Good morning. Oh, a little setup here. Got some tents in here. Apparently this is the kitchen and there's the sign there. I thought it was KT Community. I knew that's what it was called. Okay, so our friend over here, let's see. Okay, so are we in the kitchen? Uh, no, um, no, it's right, right there. Oh, okay, back here. This is just a, they put the, like oh, a lot of sandwiches in and all other stuff. You can just put stuff here and you just go help yourself. Oh, nice. Right Hello, how are you guys? I'm, I'm with the Rebel kitchen. News. That's the kitchen. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm Dre Humphrey with Rebel News, and we're just seeing what KT Camp wants the not the world, but Canada to know. And we're talking about the tax revolt. Have you guys heard about that? No, um, I'm Kendall Get, who's uh, in charge of this camp. Sure. But it would be great if you could not film around because these are people's homes. So just wait until we can speak with uh, the leader of this camp because sure. yeah, it's people living here. So sure, it's a it's a public park though, right? It's homes. It's so, homes, yeah. These are very homes. respectful, but it, it is a park, right? Okay, so. so it would be great if you could not film people personally. Okay, well, the gentleman walk. was actually, he invited me in here, and I had Who his was permission that? Very to Very clever him. touch, the black. The black is a clever touch. This is, a, this is a public park designated, but it's native land. Yeah, I'm actually that's, indigenous, that's, that's too. That's what it is. I'm black and indigenous. No, you're black. Well. You're not indigenous. No, uh, excuse black. you. Stop, stop. Oh, apparently stop, he stop. knows who I am more than I do. No, um, yeah. I know course. you're not native Indian. Stop. That's not true. Stop. Go away. Okay. Um, I'll go speak with the leader of this camp. And sure. then it would be great if you could just refrain from filming people and filming okay well i'll keep paper. filming this is journalism this is canada i'm allowed to film but i will be very respectful and i'd love to speak to whoever's running the camp okay, okay. thank you yeah so i spoke with the leader she's on her way okay. um but first we need you to do protocol at our sacred fire oh okay okay so what so is that that's putting tobacco in as an offering to the sacred fire and um, that's over on this side an offering to the sacred fire that sounds like religious, right? It's indigenous, yeah. Okay, so I'm indigenous, but I'm Christian. Okay. So do I have to, am I forced to practice a different religion to be here in this public park or? Yeah, on stolen land, this is the protocol that we use okay. here. Everyone that comes by is asked to put tobacco in the fire, regardless of religion. Um, there's many people who are religious of different religions that come to do protocol. It's being respectful to our elder who is here keeping this sacred fire. So, okay. So, so just to, so I understand, is the fire representative of some sort of um, like spiritual God? Am I doing some sort of offering to something or? It's a prayer fire. So that can be to whatever God that you are praying to. It's a prayer fire. It's not definite on any kind of God or religion. Okay. All right, it's good to know, right? What I'm doing before I'm signing up for it. And where is the fire? 
Hi. Fire's over there. How are you? I'm Dre Humphrey with Rebel News and apparently there's a whole protocol I was supposed to do and I'm not aware of. Um, and I was We're just asking. on unceded Indigenous land and this is an Indigenous-led, yep. um, peer involved, community supported and very lastly and loosely government supported community that is holding up the people that Canada, the provinces, the territories and municipalities of Canada choose to leave behind every day. And that's so why I'm here. people want to come in and offer us things, other media have come in yeah. and brought in things like water and food and done protocol. And we ask, who are you? Where are you from? What are you bringing to our community? And if you are going to be a witness to the ceremony going on here, you need to participate in it. And if you don't, you need to stay out. That goes for Global, that goes for CBC. There's certain reporters who have chosen not to do it and they've had to stay out. You don't like that. care about the reporters right now. You don't Global. care about me? I don't care about reporters. I care about the people that they stand behind. But yeah, I, I'd have to know a lot more about doing a tobacco offering in a fire. Then it doesn't... you want to go. Sorry? Then you want to go. Then I want to go. Yeah, you don't want to be here. Because I won't do This is a community of people that have all made the same, the same choice to be here. And if you don't want to do the same thing, then maybe, then I suggest you don't want to be here. Okay, well, I can speak for myself, and actually, I do want to be here. I'm just not comfortable doing. Then some you sort don't. Of then I'm fund. not comfortable with you coming into this community either, who have all agreed to do this very simple thing of putting some uh, what is known as, uh, as I am an Indian, Indian genius person. I would I ask everyone to come into this community mm -hmm. and uh, participate in a way that uh, helps all of us and certainly me as an Indian mm -hmm. to uh, simply put some uh, tobacco in that fire. It's and mainly a, an education thing. I would have to understand it more to, to want to do it. go away and come back when you're ready to be educated because I, I believe that you're not in any way ready for any of that. So thank you, ladies. I think we had a really good chat. You too as well. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, so I'm getting the boot because I'm getting a whole spiritual vibe and I'm not sure what it is and I'm not entirely comfortable um, doing something. It doesn't matter that I'm black and indigenous. I'm not welcome on the land unless I conform or, or whatever. So um, I will look it up and try to get a better understanding on if it's towards some God or anything like that. I don't know. I just needed more time, but I wasn't allowed to uh, look into it or watch or basically we're getting the boot, but <laughs> that's okay. Here with Rebel News, I'm Tamara Ugolini in what is coined as the feel-good town of Coburg, Ontario. Here locally, the Medical Officer of Health, Lynn Noseworthy, has implemented a mask mandate for the Kawartha, Halliburton, Pine Ridge region and seems to come as of yesterday after all cases have been declared resolved by the same health unit within Northumberland County. So the group here behind me is opposing this mask mandate and questioning the justification for such a mask mandate given that all cases have been resolved and uh, all 25 cases resolved. Uh, they are petitioning our local MPP to end the mask mandate. So we'll head on into the crowd and see what they have to say. 
Hey, I see that you have these cards um, printed out here available. Do you mind telling me a little bit about what's happening on the table? We printed out the cards so we could add some legitimacy to the group as opposed to just more random handwritten signs and something that you can hand to people to present enumerated facts to them so they can understand better what their civil liberties are. And so if they want to stand up and fight against these things, they'll be educated and so they can do that. Hey there! I'm doing some coverage of the local event here today. So you're out here offering free, free face masks? Yes. Yeah, can you attest to why you've decided to, to do this? Uh, this is a counter protest to the anti-mask movement. Oh, okay. So do you make the masks or where do they come from? I make them myself and then I also have disposable ones for people that don't want handmade ones. Oh, great. Okay, so is there a specific fabric or what is the science behind the, the use of uh, certain fabrics or the microns, I think it is, that they filter out? So um, as a sewer and someone interested in fashion, natural fabrics such as cotton and linen would be your best bet for masks. And do you know what the filtering capacity is of those fabrics? Um, no. Well, my name is Ron Mitchell. I worked for OPG for close to 38 years. In over 30 of those years, I worked in developing personal protective equipment. I heard what was going on here and I thought I'd come down and if somebody wanted a little bit of different information, I might be the guy who can supply it. I would say roughly 70% of the air that you're breathing in your lungs is not going through the mask. 30% or less is actually going through the mask. So tell me again what is protecting you from the virus. Because the air is going down by your nose in the two big open holes in your cheeks and a couple of holes down here. So the virus is bypassing the mask. Hi, are you going to purchase some masks from this woman here? <laughs> I've already got a dozen masks. Oh, good. One for every outfit? <laughs> No, just trying to find one that's comfortable that you can breathe through all the time. That's right, yes, and we have a crowd here that's uh, protesting the mask mandate. How do you th feel about that? Well, I mean, I don't like wearing a seatbelt either, but I have to wear a seatbelt, so. And a lot of people right. are glad to have some information presented to them because they, it's not presented certainly in the media, mm -hmm. certainly the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. So people, there are a lot of people hungry for it. So that's another reason why, why we chose to, to go this route. Hey there, these people here are protesting the mask mandate. What do you think about that? Okay, are you allowed to swear? <laughs> well, we'd rather not. Uh, that's what I thought. Um, I wear it because I have to wear it for my own safety and everyone else's. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm not happy with it, no. Do you think that they should have the right to stand out here and oppose a mandate or choose what's right for their body? Um, I just, I'm all about everybody being safe, so that's all I care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I would much rather not wear it, but I will because I'm told to. Okay. Uh, all right. We're, we're pushed into it, so we have to, right? Hey there, there's a protest happening about the mask mandates. Do you have anything to say about it? Yeah. The misspellings on the sides. Yeah, I, uh, think, I think they're idiots. Okay. Well, I could say a lot worse, you'd be bleeping me out. Unfortunately, you cannot legislate against stupidity. And one of them is smoking, but it's all right to smoke and pollute the air, but it's not all right for me to wear a mask. And as for anti-vaccines, I have no words fail me. All words fail me. My message is you don't have to agree with it, but it's the law. And I was brought up to obey the law. How, how can you trust the government? I absolutely don't. I, I cannot trust them. You have to make your own decisions and your choices. And you have, you have to be here to... to 
put your voice forward, you know, because otherwise we have no choice. We have no chance to, to getting our freedom back. I object to these signs in those beautiful planters. After all, our tax money paid for those planters, not for them. And, and, in, and as far as I'm concerned, it's absolutely insulting to put our flag upside down. Fighting for the freedom of our country. We are fighting for freedom of our children our grandchildren, you know, I mean, this is such an important issue. They're being paid $2,000 a month to sit on their ass and do this, is my opinion. And then they paraded, last time I saw them, down the street, down the harbor, over the rocks, and stood at the beach. When the beach has been closed to everybody else, but they're just, they're just flaunting the law, that's all it is. What I would like to tell the general public, instead of spending so much time listening to these political hacks and these people that are put in certain positions with power that really haven't got a clue what's going on, instead of listening to them, start doing a little bit of research. Read the other side of the page instead of just the front page. Hi there, I see that you, you agree to the signs here with, with these individuals. Do you mind saying a few words? Well, darling, I'm a criminologist. I'm retired. And, and I, I agree 150% with what you guys are saying, but our biggest problem is in society is no matter, excuse me, I'm not going to swear anything because I'll keep it clean. People are dumbified and no matter how much we scream and yell and no matter how much noise we make, nobody's going to listen. And what I tell people is just do your own thing. Do your own thing. If you feel masks are a bad thing, don't wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you think our government sucks, that's your opinion. But don't follow, be leaders, not followers, man. Use your common sense, cognitive skills. You know what I mean? No matter God, what God we believe in, we've been given cognitive skills for a reason, and that's called common sense and life experiences. I think that people need to find their voice, that their voice matters. They need to do their research, and they, they need to uh, speak the truth to anybody they get an opportunity to in whatever position, higher position, neighbors, whatever. We can't just be silent and accept this situation because it's not going to get better. Is it fair to say that you are not overly impressed with the transparency that's been given out by our governing officials during this time? I haven't been impressed with the government. With, let it be transparency, let it be the way of life, or the way this country is even being run. But unfortunately, we can't do nothing about it. You know, we're supposed to be in a democracy. Everybody says to us, we live in a country where there's democracy. What's the definition of democracy? Majority of consent to be ruled by a minority. I don't remember the last time they sent me something in the mail and said, hey, Mr. Gagofsky, do you agree with this? And do you say yay or nay? Mm -hmm. Okay, so in my opinion, do we live in democracy? No, again, just like the Charter and Rights and Freedoms, that's the biggest bunch of bull because of the, my law enforcement background, okay? So again, society unfortunately has been dumbified and we're getting more dumbified as we advance. We're supposed to be a, a society that evolves. We're not evolving. Do you have a message or anything you'd like to say to Lynn Noseworthy or any of our elected officials, David Puccini, Mayor Henderson? I would like them to spend more time concerned about the civil liberties issue because as soon as we lose our civil civil liberties well, there's not much left after that and it doesn't seem to me that they really concern themselves much with that issue they seem to just bypass and gloss right over the civil liberties fight for your sovereignty fight for your freedom fight for your rights fight for what belongs to you as an individual absolutely just be you don't follow be leaders be leaders. We, again, like I said, <clears throat> no matter how much noise we make, nobody listens, nobody cares. So you know what? Do your own thing. If you want to go out with your family, go to the beach, go nuts. You want to go for a nice drive? Go nuts. You want to go for a nice walk? 
go for a nice walk. Do not download apps that they're asking you to download, okay? Because in my opinion, that's a waste of time. And it's a nice way of tracking people. All right, so we've seen a collective group of individuals here opposing the mask mandate locally. The mainstream media will have them painted as a bunch of grandma-killing lunatics when, in fact, many of them are grandmas who are concerned about the way society and our government overreach is going for their children and their grandchildren. From Nike to Amazon all the way up to the video games you play now, Black Lives Matter messaging has infiltrated the corporate world whether it's needed or not. Of course, it most often isn't. Red Bull may be the first company to realize this. Earlier this week, the energy drink giant fired two of their most woke executives, their chief executive, Stefan Kozak, along with the chief marketing officer, Amy Taylor, both from the North American team, both replaced. According to the other employees, these, quote, culture teams were the most vocal about racial justice matters. According to the Wall Street Journal, Taylor was met with opposition when she began advocating for Red Bull to be more overt in its support of social justice in the last month, according to people familiar with the matter. This came after more than 300 employees signed a letter expressing concern about the company's response to Black Lives Matter, asking for internal action and criticizing the company's, quote, public silence. The letter titled, Representation Matters at Red Bull, among many ridiculous things, said the following. Quote, as we say nothing, we are abandoning the communities we claim to support and foster in their times of greatest need. Absence during a time that demands action reveals purported support as nothing more than exploitation. End quote. What does that mean? Well, of course it means what it always means. Support my politics, make statements, and give money to organizations that I like. With a title like Representation Matters, you'd have to assume that means race-based hiring practices as well. In his reply to the letter, the aforementioned Kozak, the chief executive, of course agreed, supporting their communist takeover, saying, Regarding the current uprising, I share these views and I applaud those who peacefully and courageously have made their voices heard. Another internal memo from the head of communications offered more condolences, but that, of course, was not enough. The company took it a step further, saying that Red Bull will enforce black representation in everything we do and direct resources to the efforts of existing and new partners focused on equality in cities across the United States. Oh, there we go. If you shut up, we will give you money to your preferred political organizations. Funny enough, a graffiti artist and b-boy named Joel Martinez, who participated in Red Bull's BC1 breakdancing competition, provided a statement to Business Insider stating that he was upset about a hashtag Blackout Tuesday post that Red Bull shared on June 2nd. Oh, you know, the day where celebrities and corporations posted a black square to eliminate racial inequality, aka to win brownie points with the woke brigade. Martinez asked, why didn't Red Bull use the phrase Black Lives Matter? I'm not making this up. He is upset about the square. He continued, this is a paradigm shift. All people wanting a better world is what the protests are about, he said. Why would Red Bull not stand behind that? Just do what we say, give us power, and give us money. What's so hard about that? It's always the same thing, we've come to realize. That letter was addressed to the executives who are no longer working with the company. Clearly they were causing more harm than good at Red Bull. And I applaud Red Bull for this action and hope that others will follow suit. But why would I want that? For this simple reason. Why does anyone need an energy drink brand to make statements siding with their political views? Well, because it keeps working. Everywhere else it works, so why not get some social clout and ask for yourself? You might get famous off of it. AOC might tweet about you. Imagine for a second an employee at Starbucks said, hey, I need you to give money to the NRA. I don't feel safe here at Starbucks. Gun owner representation matters. They'd be laughed at and fired, called out on social media, ruining their lives. 
Radical right-wing gun owners are infiltrating corporations and making employees feel unsafe. It practically writes itself. You can see the BuzzFeed headline in your mind. Think about why things only go one way and try to stop it, from both sides even. Question these people. Ask for an explanation. They're never forced to give their answers. Chances are they don't even have an answer. They're just copying and pasting something they saw elsewhere. And they want the praise. They want the power. That's where the problem lies. You know, it's, it's fascinating. Um, you know, Ezra has had his experience with the government being interrogated for writing a book. I was slightly, mildly interrogated by a police officer for, or a former police officer for also writing a book. But you were basically just a kid mm -hmm. doing things that kids do, making fun of religion, making fun of government, making fun of grown-ups. Yeah. And some snitch reported you to the police and you were interrogated for making fun of Erdogan. What was that like? Well, it wasn't so much intense because I was, I'm, I'm kind of famous in Turkey and police officers knew me and they were kind of friendly with me. And they said, when they looked at the crime, they were like, yeah, like this is not, this isn't, why are we wasting our time? But it's the formal procedure, so I had to fill the paper. I explained my intentions. I said my intent because I was being. Um, they reported me for inflicting hatred among amongst public and making fun of religion. That's illegal. It's like the hate speech laws in Canada. And um, at that time, around 2017, I knew about Rebel News, and I knew how what was happening in the college campuses. I was watching all these videos. And I was kind of encouraged to not step back. I continued to do videos. And when police, when I went to the police station, I wasn't scared because I knew I, wasn't, I didn't do anything wrong. I was just a kid making fun. But ultimately, after all, I decided to move to Canada, move back to Canada, because it's a better country. It's, it's more free. People are more open-minded. When I went to high school in Turkey, I remembered, like, I, I had the chance to, um, like, see the Turkish schools and the Canadian schools and how the teachers would um, treat you. And uh, in Turkish schools, it's a little bit more authoritarian. Even though I was able to get into a good standing school in Turkey in, uh, um, in high school, the principal there told me to cut my hair. And at that time, my hair was not even long, maybe just a little bit. But that's not OK, because they want to control how you dress, how long your hair can be, what can you say on social media. So when he told me to cut my hair or else, I said, no, I'm not cutting my hair. And since then, it's been five years now. I didn't stop. I've been growing my hair, and I, I've never I've never wore a school uniform, and they, didn't, they, they couldn't do anything about that. <laughs> and that's my story. I, I'm a, I have a rebellious soul, and <laughs> I saw that rebellious soul in Ezra Levant because I know <laughs> he was the only person in Canada that published those Danish cartoons, and that was, that's courageous because at that time, no other news organizations they couldn't publish it. And I know how much it's offensive to 
some people, those cartoons. And I said, hey, Ezra Levant is a big journalist. He has a channel. And actually, I didn't join the Rebel News by that way. I joined Rebel News because I met one of the video editors that was working for Rebel News. And that's how I joined. Yeah, isn't that funny? Isn't your long journey of rebellion made you a rebel? I think that's fantastic. Um, and yes, you're you came to us through our beloved Efron, yes. one of our video editors and videographers. And boy, you two have been such a great addition to the company. Hi everyone, Lisa Song Sutton here. I'm getting ready to partake in one of my favorite activities, Sunday Gun Day. I'm excited to break in my brand new Sig Sauer P365, which I recently purchased as a new everyday concealed carry. And we're also going to practice shooting some other firearms, which I'll show you as we go. Hey guys, so I just wanted to show the difference. Um, so this is the P365 and this is the P229, both by Sig Sauer. Um, and as you can see, I mean, the size difference is not only significant, but also for someone like myself, I have smaller hands and being a petite woman, you can see the width on the grips. It's completely different and it makes a huge impact when you're training and wanting to use a firearm that you feel totally comfortable with in any scenario. All right, so this is a Knight's Armament SR-15. Let's see how it does. overall with your firearm is so important. You want to feel comfortable with whatever firearms you may have for personal and home protection, and the only way to become very proficient is by engaging in consistent practice. Thanks for tuning in. I'll definitely be sharing more firearms content soon, and remember, practice makes perfect. If you ever have any questions, feel free to hit me up on social media at Lisa Song Sutton. think of our new rebels pretty pretty good I'm excited about them each one of them is a fighter don't you think well that's it for today until Monday on behalf of all of us here at rebel world headquarters to you at home goodbye and keep fighting for freedom